Today's opening quote is, travel is about finding those things you never knew you were looking for. Some unknown person said that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Hot Foot Rooms podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Harris. Thank you for joining me. You could be anywhere, but you decided to come here and pre my podcast. And Ting, thank you very much. Guess what, people? Guess what? This is season two, you know, season two of the Hot Foot Rooms podcast. That's big things. Thank you. There's like five of you that have been listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, You know what I'd like you to do is to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you feel like listening on, because I'm on Spotify. The podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All platforms where podcasts are available, iTunes is on, what's the other one, TuneIn app, it's a whole heap of places, anywhere you think podcasts are, that's where I am, that's where the Hot Foot Rooms podcast is, and also the Anchor.fm app, you can find me there, I'm there, Hot Foot Rooms, type it in, boom, find me. So like I said, this is the first episode of season two. Look how in England we're getting so Americanized season two. I think it might be series two that normally we say in England, but we're going with season two. That's what it says on my drop down menu. So I'm picking season two. Uh, season two is going to be a whole interview series. So I'm going to be interviewing fellow travelers, most of whom are just my brethren, my friends random people I've accosted on the streets and said to them, yeah, it's great to meet you. Okay, so would you be a guest on my podcast? And then I just chased them on social media until they said yes. So today, first episode, I'm in conversation with my mate, Tammy Lynn Saunders. She and I, we actually met playing Still Pan together, my fellow North, North Weezy friend. And North Weezy as in Northwest London for those non-UK people that might be listening. And we were also traveling on our world travels at the same time. Although we didn't actually go to the same places at the same time, but we were out on the road at the same time. But Tammy took her children with her, which I thought was really amazing. She took her son who is 10, and her daughter, who's 16, and she homeschooled them. So I'm in conversation with her, just picking her brain, getting all in her business. And yeah, she's my first interview interviewee ever. And she's the first on the season two series of the Hot Foot Runs podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we ended up chatting for quite a long time. So... It's a long episode, but I hope you like it. And if you don't like it, then you will let me know. So comment on Instagram, Twitter, at Hotfoot Rooms. Send me an email if you're that kind of person to hotfootrooms at gmail.com. You can send a voice note on the Anchor app if you have the app yourself. Um, And you can send a voice note and I'll share it on the show. 
or share it on another episode if it's relevant and if it's not relevant then I'll listen to it and then take whatever comes from it anyway my interview with Tammy Lynn Saunders you can follow her on Instagram at Tammy Lynn Saunders that's T-A-M-M-Y-L-H-Y-N-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S I'll repeat it again later Hey, Hi. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good. Oh, the vol- let's just do a little volume check. How's your volume? Um, up, the highest. Okay. Yeah, 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 cool. I feel like I can't hear you well, but that's all right. We'll work with it. Okay. Cool. So, Tammy's been traveling with her kids. She's been a ton of places, so I'm just going to just get fast in her business and share it with everybody. And I want to know about where did you go, Tam? Just give me the list first of the, all the places that you went okay. to. Okay. So as I like to say, we did 17 countries in five months. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And then I did two extra because we had to go back to Hong Kong and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so um I'll list them out but yeah our plans were quite agile so we could kind of adapt them as we go um and just for everyone's information I I, I've done a lot of project management and generally what you're always controlling is time against budget against quality so and one thing is when you're in certain places because you're there and you won't be there again for a long time there are certain things you feel you have to do for quality um so you've always having to adjust the time and the budget so but yeah so you want me to list out where we went yes please okay so we started by going to uh milan mm-hmm. um so that was a nice cheap flight get considering we were carrying i think we carried a total of three three big bags for underneath um and then free hand luggage that were really over the weight <laughs> <laughs> Because some flights I'm going to get are not going to be, um, you know, I'm going to have to pay for my undercarriage bags. Uh-huh. I couldn't afford to take two, obviously. Um, so we, I think we flew out with EasyJet or one of the cheap airlines. And that's really cheap. Um, so it's good for everybody to know they can just hop over to Europe for cheap. And the, cool. the way I save money is obviously I'm only going one way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not having to do a return flight. So it halves my cost in that sense. So we flew to Milan, went and saw The Last Supper, something I've wanted to see with my oh, own wow. eyes. And where was that? In what museum? Um, oh, don't ask me the details now. But okay. yeah. <laughs> You're worse than me. You can look it up online, but you basically go to the ticket booth that day and mm-hmm. you can usually get tickets just there. And it's a big church. And it is one of those experiences where you'll feel the moment like the way the clouds were swooped overhead and just your, you know, no matter what religion you are, you'll feel, you'll feel a special moment kind of going there. Okay. So it's worth going to see. Um, so we went and saw that in Milan and then hung, I like Italy. Italy's kind of okay. Um, they drive really fast, um, by the way. I, I drive quite fast, but Italians are like, I think that's where they make Ferraris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super fast. I couldn't even keep up. 
So we drove them from Milan to Rome. Um, and when I'm in European countries, I feel quite comfortable to drive, mm-hmm. um, quite safe. So we generally, most trips we go on, we're dri- we use the nights to drive. The reason we do that is we save on the hotel. <laughs> okay, that's a smart move. I've never heard that one before. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I've done road trips before with the kids to North America and things. So it's, you get a really nice car. I mean, in America, you can get a Mustang for about 500 pounds for two weeks. Mm-hmm. My American friends can't get it for that price we get it for that price booking in England, you know? So yeah, little things like that. If you use budget, rent a car, well, I think it's budget car hire. You can get prestige cars really cheap. Um, So yeah, we use night times to drive. And then obviously if you arrive, you're going to arrive at a hotel and quite often they let you do early Mm check-in. So if you choose a big hotel, you know, they're going to have a lot of rooms that are empty so okay. if you arrive for an early check-in, they're more likely to say yes and not charge you. Nice. Or you arrive at the hotel and you put your bags down, leave all your bags there, and then you just go wherever you want to go for the day. Cool. Yeah, all those little tips. Um, so, yeah, so we did Milan, drove down to Rome. In Rome, I really wanted to see the um, Raphael rooms. Mm-hmm. So it's got a painting of Aristotle and Plato. Oh, wow. if anybody knows that famous painting, um, we probably oh we did some other things in Rome. I think Colosseum and things like that. But the main reason I went there was for the art, mm-hmm. and it was quite good for the kids as well because they got to, um, you know, I gave him the Riley had his iPad, so he could be taking photos. He was taking photos of a lot of statues without willies, which he thought was really funny. <laughs> so they were male <laughs> statues that had no willies. Yeah, most male statues had really taken off. I think I think some nun went around one year and knocked Willie's off of every statue. Um, and how and old I, is Riley, just for audience? So Riley at the time was nine. He's ten now in September. Uh-huh. But we kept it really interesting for him. Like, any museum you go to, they usually have a children's pack. So you can pick up the children's pack and they kind of can fill that in as they're going around. Okay. Um, so let me just cough. <clears throat> right. So, so yeah. For, for me, Italy was about um, was about artwork. Mm-hmm. So after that, we drove down to Naples, and then that was, I think it was when we got to Naples, we could hit the sea, because oh. I'm quite a I'm quite a water person. So it was great. We could go by the sea, um, and then also um, we then drove up Mount Vesuvius. Mm-hmm. So um, that one was quite interesting because there was a few dogs on the loose on the mountain. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, we were watching dogs go past and just thinking I wouldn't like to be walking up that mountain. So, um, but yeah, so we did we did Italy quite well. I would have liked to do, I think it's, it's Venice and places like that. But um, on the route that I was traveling downwards, then next trip so, with so the let other... me just cut you sorry you, you talked about the route that you were traveling downwards did you map out your route beforehand obviously you had the kids so did you plan beforehand I know you said it was a bit agile but but yeah so I, kind of using project management you'll sit there and you'll just say right these are the places I so I tend to use google maps mm-hmm. and on google maps I type in place and then I drop you can leave a label on there mm-hmm. you can save it and you can save it with a love heart or a, a group 
I think it's a green icon to say I want to go. Um, and that's generally what I've done across the world. So certain places I wanted to go to Rome. But I, when I was searching to go to Rome, I figured, I was like, oh, where's the Last Supper? And I realised that was only in Milan. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And then, so generally you form a high level plan of the places you want to go. And then you add in all the others as extras. Okay. So any, any project managers will know, you call it Mosto. So it's a must, should, could, and then you won't. So everything you write down, you're like, these things I must do. These things I could do. Or no, these things I must do. These things I should do. Mm-hmm. So even the shoulds, you can compromise on them. So Milan would have been a should. Uh, going to see the Raphael rooms was a must. Mm-hmm. Doing Mount Vesuvius was probably a could. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you did Italy. And then after Italy, where did you go after that? So then we went to Athens. So we flew then from Italy to Athens, oh, cool. which is Greece. Mm-hmm. So to just say that when you do go, for those, for those people of colour, you will notice the difference in the sense that um, Italy, I wouldn't say that I felt racism. Everyone's quite friendly. Mm-hmm. But there was a little, I don't know, you, wouldn't, you would know. You, you know you can sense where you are um, and kind of like the overall vibe. Okay. Going to Greece, it, it gets a lot more um, multicultural, I would say, All right. uh, than Italy. So I could definitely tell the, two, the difference in the fact I was going to a country that was a little bit more accepting of a mixture of people. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these European countries have African immigrants. Yes. And some of them can be quite racist because the African immigrants come and take their... Oh, I forgot. In Italy, I think we did uh, we did pizza as well. We went Leaning Tower Pizza. Oh, yeah. Nice one. So What was that like? So, yeah, that was actually quite good in the sense... You, it's one of those, that one was kind of probably a must. If you're in Italy, just drive to Pisa. Um, what I did notice there is um, that you do get like a lot of African sellers, you know, street sellers. Okay. Um, so I, I think when we went to, it must have been in Italy. Yeah. When we went to go and see, you know, the fountain, is it the Florentine fountain? You tell me, um, lady, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a big, there's a really famous fountain. I think it's in Rome or something. Okay. And I just type it in my Google, you know, to, and Google literally takes you right there. Wicked. So I literally went to that fountain in my car. From my car, I could see the fountain, and it is obviously a tourist area. So that's probably like driving to Falcon Square and actually being on the square in your car. Oh, wow. Next to the fountain. And the roads are so narrow that you can't reverse. So once you're going down that road, Obviously, there's people all around you. You cannot go backwards. Oh. You just have to keep going. It, but um, we met an African seller down there, and he was trying to sell to us through the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gave it was sweet. He gave my son a, a necklace, and then he, he showed us where we could park. And so, but it was just it's just interesting that you do notice. So in Italy, the only that was kind of like the only color that we really saw. Whereas then when we went to Greece, we saw a lot more mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Greece has got really, really narrow. <clears throat> sorry, in Athens, it's got really, really narrow streets um, and hills. Hills where even I sat at the bottom of them in the car, thinking, "How am I going to get this car up that hill?" Wow. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a forty-five plus degree. Wow! 
Yeah. And you're going to do a hill, you're gonna have to do a hill start at the top of it, you know. <laughs> Damn, but that's a good picture moment, right? Huh? Good picture moment, right? Oh, From yeah, I think photos. I filmed that one because we were laughing so much because I was just like, I know I'm going to have to stop at the top of it to turn onto whatever road and I'm going to have to pull my handbrake, you know. But, you know, to get off that handbrake on a bike on a hire car that you're not driven that much. <laughs> it's like, we may well roll backwards, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it made it, it made really really fun moments you know and it's good for my children to see me doing lots of things yes you know, um as as both their mum so a female is capable um so yeah so we did we did quite a lot in Italy then went to Athens and the main thing I wanted to see in Athens so if you book the right flight I actually booked a flight to Egypt that would do a one night stopover in Athens nice so I kind of, you're getting a cheaper flight because it's got a stopover, a long stopover. Uh-huh. Um, and, but I want that stopover, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to spend uh, one night in Athens. So I think I went to go and see the, the Pantheon. Um, mm. It was, yeah, Europe was probably more about what I wanted to see than the children. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you use Skyscanner. That was probably my main way of booking flights. Yeah, me too. I quite like Skyscanner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then I also check on Google Flights as well. So sometimes, because, yeah, I, I check Skyscanner and then I go and check for the same flight on Google Flights. Mm-hmm. And did you ever try Expedia at all? They're quite good. I don't, I, I used to use, I used Expedia when I did North America with the kids. Okay. Road trip then. But, um. No, since then, I think Skyscanner generally gives me the cheapest price. Then when you click to see who's selling that, that flight, mm-hmm. I will usually go then and check directly with whatever operator. Okay, yeah. Sometimes, especially with co- companies like Liat um, or the smaller plane companies, if you go to their website, they give you the ability to look at different days. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have special offers on those days. So I've later on in the trip, I got... I got flights from, I believe it was Barbados to Trinidad for something like £50, £50 a seat. Yeah, that's good. It was really cheap. So, okay, so did Athens. Um, I would like to go back to Greece and do some of the islands when it's hot. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've never done done Crete and places like that. Then from there we flew on to Egypt. Um, Egypt was fantastic. Um, What I would say is, so I had some of my friends who were like, um, white saying oh I've always wanted to go to Egypt um, but I've always been scared to go there you know this is some of my American white friends and I'm like it, it's yeah you've got blonde hair blue eyes you're really going to stick out in Egypt <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm not going to lie you know <laughs> whereas me I could just blend you know mm-hmm. Egyptian I know how to hustle so when they hustle hard now when I spoke to Egyptian people I was like they hustle to a level of where I think it's rude. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time I got to the pyramids, I'm tr- trying to enjoy the pyramids and just have my, you know, um, sacred time. Mm-hmm. And I've got hustlers in my ears, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do hear they yeah. go quite hard out there. Yeah, hire a camel, hire a, you know, a horse. It's like, no, no, you finish with this person. Next person walks up to you. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. When all, you, you know, Egypt's quite a spiritual place for us. We mm-hmm. wanted to just go there and sit and take time. So when I later spoke to some Egyptians 
about it and said, what is, you know, why is this hustle so heavy here? Um, they explained that it was, um, they're like the gypsies. So you see, like in England, we've got what you would call gypsies. Yeah. Yeah. They are they because that's when the Egyptians get mad at them and say you're messing up with our tourism. Because I'm thinking, yeah, how am I going to recommend Egypt to some of my softer friends? Mm-hmm. And they're just going to get haggled and hustled, you know. And they said, yeah, it really messes with our tourism. But they are like the nomads, the gypsies. They called okay. them specifically. And they obviously they come in. So that's like us having gypsies with their horse and cart working around um, the London Eye. Mm-hmm. without license or permit it's the equivalent cool. of that i learned something new today okay so you could imagine what it'd be like around our tourist sites if yeah. anybody could just come there and hustle mm-hmm. and then they're all competing against each other do you see what i mean with all their camels and horses um that's why the, so going to egypt the the great thing is is i don't like too much regulation it's got no regulation <laughs> which is lovely but so you can do what you want also, if you don't know how to handle that kind of natural country so crossing okay. the road in Egypt you just literally cross even if it's five lanes if you try to cross when there's a green man the very few times I saw a green man in Cairo I went to cross and the car still drive past yeah so they don't follow traffic lights out there and literally yeah. we watched a lot of people just crossing you just just walk out in the road everyone's too in anyway it's a bit like delhi or something and you just literally walk and they stop for you oh you, gotta take <laughs> it's bad. you might lose your leg you might not so tam what was one of the hardest things that you experienced on your travel journey? Basically, my hardest thing about traveling was probably using my bank cards. Um, okay. They didn't work everywhere. So we, when we went to Cairo, I had to walk. We probably had to walk for about half an hour to an hour, testing out cash machines before we found one that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically I found a petrol station near the entrance to um, the pyramids where my card worked yeah so it's one of the first petrol stations that I went to when I got there and I thought it was fabulous you it was a petrol station you could smoke in (laughs) I went in the petrol station get and I thought I'm gonna get a coffee or whatever when we first got there cash machine used that turned around and there's all tables with ashtrays on them people smoking I was just like and they got like about six people working each pump so that was kind of funny enough. That became my little safe haven. Uh-huh. One time when we went to the pyramids, so we went to the pyramids and Riley really wanted to do camels. He loves animals. I'm like, I don't like camels. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll put the kids on the camels and I'll just walk. Yeah. And then they got on the camel and I was like, and Riley was begging me to get on the camel. So I was like, all right, I'll get on the camel as well. So we, this is even before we've got into the pyramids. You meet so many people selling on the way there um so we got on the camels which was quite nice because then that meant we got a ride into the pyramids past the gates and everything you know where the security is yeah Um, so you can actually actually book your camels from outside the pyramids is actually quite a good idea is that better yeah because you're kind of on the camel riding past cars and stuff to get into the because the pyramids is surrounded by a big wall and it's got security at each of the places okay um so hopefully this, tell me, 
tell me if I'm going on. Obviously, no, you got to think in five months, we did a lot. And yeah. Egypt is one of those must requirements, you know, must objectives. So we're going to full on do it. Um, so we did the camels in. Then after we got off the camels, or oh, we went round one of the pyramids of carols, got off. Riley said he wants to go on a horse. And I'm thinking, all right, all right. You know, I need to make this a big thing for him. Because mm-hmm. uh, they did all my art for me in in uh, Italy. It's, it's time to give them time. Um, and Riley would climb a pyramid if I let him go. <laughs> he's, he's, that, he's that kind of little boy he's that kid yeah so so after that we went we got off the camels I could then spend some time once I got rid of all the people hustling me to just actually sit you know you can take your shoes off walk in the sand just you know it's it's very surreal I think everybody should go and see the pyramids the amazing thing about the pyramids is for me they're not as big as I thought <laughs> really yeah they're big but just, you know, when you grow up reading about the pyramids, when you're actually there. How then, close did you get? How close are you able to get? You're on them. Really? You can go in them. Yeah, you can go on them and you can sit on them. You can climb up them. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what's nice about an unregulated country, overregulated country. You can climb on the pyramid. Yes. I didn't know that. I thought that. Few, but yeah. There's no, I have no idea. Areas or anything. No. It's, it's quite, yeah. It's lovely, though. You go there. Yeah, I mean, people can take bits of the pyramid way. Get it's out of here. Some... Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can go totally. You can climb them. We were climbing them. I let Rock climb, Riley climb, you know, good 10 meters or so. <laughs> I literally have no idea. I didn't know you could climb them. I know you go inside, but I didn't know you can climb. Yeah, yeah. Or anything. Obviously, if they oh, wow. get too high, then they might say something. I think some of the tombs they might have closed. They're a little bit. They can be a bit, you know, uh, they've got it cordoned off. But even then, mm-hmm. anyone looking after it. The thing is, it's Egypt. You can hustle. You can pay. Like when I get when I get to my bit with you with Valley of the Kings. Oh my uh-huh. goodness. Yeah, I mean, you just pay them a tip and they let you do whatever you want. So. Whoa. But, yeah, so the pyramids was great. So we did the so we did the camels. I would say it's worth doing the camels, even though I'm not a camel person. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They do travel quite a lot of distance for you. Just it means you can just rest and just look, you know, without having to walk. And once you're on a camel, you're not getting hustled by other camel people. That's the other reason. <laughs> I call them camel men. Yeah, <laughs> I right, had an then. altercation with one camel man. I'll get to that. So, yeah. Tammy had an altercation with someone, really? Oh my god, I went in on him. <laughs> but the the um so we did camels, then Riley wanted to do the horses, and I thought, all right, we'll do the horses and we'll go out to you know, there's a panoramic view you can do where you get to see all nine pyramids in a row. All right. So we then we came off the camels and now this is the camel man who I paid for his horses. And I said to him, I've got somebody that I'm already going to book with. And he kept saying, no, book with me, book with me. Because I'd already said some other guy was going to use him for horses. And he said, book with me. And I said, look, I've only got this much Egyptian on me. So you either take this. And he's going, oh, I think it was 400 and he's like 600. I said, all right, if at the end, when we get to the Sphinx, um, you give me, because the we were going to go out to the panoramic view. This is what I agree with him. We'll do the panoramic and then we'll go around to the Sphinx. 
Um, and he said to me, there's a cash machine at the Sphinx. And he goes to me, you give me the 400 and there's a cash machine at the Sphinx. And I said, yeah, but it might not work because they don't all work for my card. He goes, if it doesn't work, then you get it for 400. And I was like, all right, deal. So, and he said, he won't try to hard sell me anything else because they always will try to, once you've booked, they'll always try to sell you an extra hour or something else. Yeah. So we did the horses. What I found out about the horses out there. So we train our horses here using voice. Mm-hmm. You know, we will give them keywords so I can ride a horse, but they train their horses out there by hitting them, you know, with a oh, whip. Yeah. yeah. So before I got on the horses, um, with the camels, I was quite all right because they look looked after and mm-hmm. camel, camels are quite hardened animals. Yes, they are. With the horses, I was saying to Riley, are you sure? Because look, they're whipping the horse. So I actually got one of them to show me. I got He gave me the whip before I booked the horses so that I could actually whip my leg to see. And mm-hmm. it doesn't actually hurt. It would hurt if you did it really hard. It's more a cue. Okay. For the horse. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, that horse will probably have been whipped hard to know that when it gets a little whip, if you don't do as you're told, you're going to get a harder one. Yes. Does that make sense? So when you see them whipping the horses on the bump, it's not actually hurting them, they're triggers. But okay. then that's good to I'm know. riding the horse, I'm getting the horse to do what I want to do, but then it just, the horse decides he wants to stop. Yeah. Which obviously that horse don't want to be working. He's probably been working nonstop, whatever, whatever. And the, the guy, camel man, comes along and starts whipping my horse. Yeah. So that was the first altercation I got into him. I said, No, you're not um you're not whipping the horse while I'm on it. Do you know what I mean? Uh so in the end, you know, and I was trying to talk to the horse saying, just move and then you won't get whipped. <laughs> in the end, I was like, fuck that, I'm getting off the horse. He was trying to attach the horse back to the back of the camel that he was riding. I was like, no, I'm walking. Um, Riley stayed on his horse and he had a young boy riding it with him. And uh-huh. the young boy knew how to give voice cues to the horse because it was his horse. So they stayed on horses. I walked. We went and saw the panorama. It's definitely worth seeing all the nine pyramids in a row. Then we went round to the Sphinx. Um, at the Sphinx, really busy site, so it's hard to get a good picture out, but everyone does the picture of you kissing the Sphinx. Is it so inundated with tourists? A lot. Mm-hmm. I think because the pyramids are bigger, the tourists are spread all around it. Do you see what I mean? But yeah. when you get to the Sphinx, it's quite a, it's one thing. So once you go in, I think you have to buy tickets to go in there, but we're talking Egyptian, so everything's cheap. Um, but go with you know enough money um, and I think by the time we got to that was the other thing by the time we got to the Sphinx it was nearly closing I had to hustle the people at the gate to let us in okay closing. yeah so there's, there's a lot you can do to get these people to kind of like you know because then they opened the gate again for us and the tourists that I was going in with they bunged them an extra you know some extra money because they held their hand out. They opened the gate for us and they held their hand out waiting for some money. So everything's on a hustle in Egypt. Wow. So we did the Sphinx, came out, and then that's when we went to Cash Machine. He then, Cash Machine didn't work. And I said to him, see, I told you it wasn't going to work. But rather than me just say, I didn't want to rip him off. I said, look, if, you, if I, I'm just going to go walk to the beginning of the pyramids to my petrol station where I know my card works, I can have a coffee and a fag. <laughs> yeah. He goes, that's really far. That's really far. And to be honest, it was quite far, but I didn't, my head doesn't realize that because going from the pyramids to the Sphinx is kind of quite far. How long is so, that? 
to Time walk work. it. Yeah, to walk it is probably about. He did say to me it'd take you about an hour. Whoa. Yeah, but he's probably thinking slow walk. But if you're walking across sand or back streets, because the back streets go around the outside of the wall of the whole pyramids. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to get another camel friend, and they're going to take us to the cash machine. Now, don't forget, I'm going to the cash machine to give him two hundred extra that I said, you know, which I didn't have to give him on the deal okay. that we made. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of the cash drive. So he then decided to ride us. Full sprint. Have you have you ever seen a camel run? Wow. Yeah. No, I, I don't even like camels. Yeah. <laughs> we were on the back of these camels, full sprint. He got his camel crew together and they rode us all, including a couple of my friends that I'd met up with, all around the back streets of wow. Egypt, round to the petrol station. Now, some people would have loved that. I don't even like camels. And when you go around the back streets, you get to see the the other side of Egypt, which is, I mean, we're talking seas of rubbish, carrier bags, wow. you know, where they put their rubbish in carrier bags and it's mm-hmm. not being cleared out. You've got some horses that are like skeletons near enough. Um, wow. Yeah, it's poor. It is poor. But they're very used to living like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, so we, we finally get around on these galloping camels I mean, I thought, if this camel falls over, I'm dead. And my children are on other camels and being ridden and stuff. I'm just like, oh, my God. Hated it, hated it. Whole way got there. Got off this camel at a petrol station. Can you imagine arriving at a petrol station? <laughs> on a camel. <laughs> yeah. Like you got across the car. You know, the camel just walk out in front of the cars and the cars just stop and let us... I'm like, oh, my God. Embarrassing. My phone was dead, so I couldn't even film it. It was just like... You would say it's one of those great experiences. Got off, went to go get him the money now from the thing. And I decided to give him a thousand extra as a tip, which I didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. He wanted more. He's saying, you've got to pay my camel crew. What? Oh. Now, Egyptian men aren't used to Western women talking back. I was, yeah. like, I was like, I'm not paying you anymore. I'm paying you a tip. Plus, we didn't even need to come here. You would have got your 400, you know, and... At one point, we're arguing, arguing, and then he tries to go, I've got to feed my children. You know, they try that one. I was like, I've mm-hmm. got my children. Like that. I was just like, nah, that's it. Do you know what I mean? You gave me a lift to the petrol station to get your money. So I'm not paying you to take me to the petrol station. Um, and then... Are we still on? Sorry. Ter- Say that again, Ben. I didn't hear you. Sorry, someone's trying to ring. Um, yeah, after we got to the petrol station... Um, so I just got to the point in the argument where I went, right, I'm done. Yeah, he goes in his Egyptian accent. He's like, you're done? You're done? <laughs> like, he's, he's like, he's never heard a woman go to him. I'm done. <laughs> so that's the point where I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm walking off. You know what I mean? Went in the petrol station. I already sent the kids into the petrol station. Do you know what I mean? And I was with friends. So it wasn't like um, I'm going to get into a fight with the cow. <laughs> But then I went into the petrol station. I needed to charge my phone. So I went up to the desk and I just went, I said, can you get me your manager, please? And the manager came over. I said, look, I've just had an altercation with a camel man <laughs> who won't leave me alone. I said, can I put my phone on charge? And I said, if he doesn't go, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> and the manager was like, put my phone on charge, got me a free coffee. <laughs> wow, do what you need to do. Yeah, but great now that I look back at it, it was like an amazing story. I do laugh a lot about the running, running with camels. 
like never again in my life ever but these people will do you can pay them to do anything you know if you wanted to go running a camel across that desert you could you know they you're it's a that's a nice side of Egypt Mm -hmm. Um, after that we we went we did other things we did um the museum in Cairo See, we would have to do a podcast for each place I went. So, <laughs> well, okay, we're only on so place number three. I know we're only on the third place. So you went to the yes. museum in in you saw Tutankhamun. So how long were you in Egypt altogether? I can't remember. Probably about a week. But you crammed in quite a lot in your week, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So in between that. We're doing, I think because we did quite a lot of home learning when we were in Italy, because I think I spent, I think I spent a week or so in Italy, uh-huh. and we had a bit more time in Italy, but Egypt, I think what it was is we did the pyramids, then it was like, okay, let me just chill the kids down, so we booked, I can't remember the, where the place was, but I booked a place outside of Cairo, because the thing is with Cairo, it's got a lot of smog. Mm-hmm. And dust and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to stay with the kids in Cairo. So we stayed up on the hill. Okay. Um, I, I usually put pick my places. It was some a place called something like Tamar or something. But it, it, oh no, it's Motam, Motam something. Mm-hmm. And because it had my name in there, I usually pick my places around that <laughs> wherever. <I> was, but, <laughs> okay. but we got a. I used Airbnb for that. Oh yeah. One. And. Because you can Uber in Egypt really easily. Um, so we stayed out of Cairo City, up on the hill. And you could literally, as we were driving down, see all the smog um, hanging over the city. It had a swimming pool for the kids. Um, and I basically, I book it, when I book my Airbnbs, I book, hopefully Airbnb, you don't work for Airbnb or anything, do you? Nah, babe. Okay. Because basically, when you book an Airbnb, book one to two days. Um, and then I usually book the apartments. I don't book people's houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're in there, you can then speak to them directly and book direct. Oh, yeah. And they use the Airbnb booking that you've done as the insurance. So you then don't have to pay big deposits. That's a good thing. Does that make sense? Yes. So, and the place that I booked, basically, after I stayed a couple of days, I said, oh, can I speak to someone? Because I might want to stay a bit longer. And then they sent me through to the, because there was loads of apartments. They've got loads of apartments that they're building in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be fabulous when it's finished. Um, and then when I spoke to the, the manager guy, he was like, yeah, we let loads of apartments um, just come to me direct. So I just booked with him directly. But it was good because it allowed me then to go down to Valley of the Kings in Luxor. Oh, yeah. And still our luggage there oh yeah that's always a good look that is so one thing i would say about egypt the best thing is they've got this thing called go bus yeah they're really nice coaches they cost about five pound each way and i caught the bus from cairo to luxor which is quite far and you get wi-fi on it it's a night bus um and it's five pound each way now if you do that as a night bus you're actually saving on your hotel cost oh yeah and not only that, they go. You can get that to Shamshake, you know, by the coast yeah. where they've got really good diving. diving. Mm-hmm. You can get it to Mount Sinai. Um, you can get it, you know, wherever you want to go in Egypt. Yeah, 
they've got buses that go all over the place. So if you look it up on the internet, Go Bus is brilliant. You book it online, you just turn up, get on your bus, book one with Wi-Fi. You can book ones with really nice, you know, seats and everything. And just, yeah, you just sleep on that for your night. And as long as you've got, you know, if you're not paying a hotel, you can, it's got storage underneath you to take your baggage as well. Okay. Um, so, and these buses aren't packed either. So, you know, you could take quite a lot of luggage if you wanted. But obviously I left my luggage near Cairo. Um, so, yeah. So we went to the apartments and then it was really nice because I book an apartment with a kitchen and everything like that so I can cook for the kids. Because my children don't always, they still need their home kind of comfort. Chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pasta, you know, the things that they eat at home I can buy and then I can cook them normal normal food. Okay. Um, they're not that experimental about foreign food. And I don't I don't mind as well because if their bellies aren't used to those spices, I don't really want my kids getting ill. Okay, I understand. So we have a bit of obviously what's local. Oh, and you've got like, you've got KFCs, you know, McDonald's. McDonald's is actually brilliant. You get free Wi-Fi. So... They have, not I that didn't Mac- think they had Mac- that in Egypt Mac- for some reason. Huh? I didn't think they had that in Egypt for some reason. Yeah. We have actually got, um, we've probably been to McDonald's all around the world. Not for the food, for the Wi-Fi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in America, they're like 10 minutes apart. You just live in McDonald's. <laughs> Wi-Fi. You don't actually, other than I do get my phone used in America. I can use my phone in America. You know. So, um. So, yeah, we did. Uh, so that was my time in the apartment. So in terms of home learning, you're you plan that in. Do you see what it means? So that. So when doing... you say home learning, are you talking about homeschooling the kids? Mm. OK, so, so talk to me about I was going to ask you about that later, but you have mentioned home learning a couple of times. So, yeah, I'll go for it separately. All right. But yeah, the, just quickly, uh-huh. I've got I had a daughter, Tyler, doing her GCSE year. And she's what, 16 now. She's 16, yeah. yeah. But she sat at GCC, so that was a must objective. We get back to England for May for her to set her exam. Okay. She was sitting, what you do is you just pay as a private candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pay for your exams when you do it this way. Um, and if you do it right through the right people, it costs about £70, 70 to £90 an exam. Wow. So, um, but because she'd already done most of her GCSE study, it was easy then to just fill in. But she was generally going to a school that would just not very good. They would get her a C grade. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just take your year off, study what you need to study. Um, and then you'll guarantee you'll get an A or a B. Do you see what I mean? Yes. You can do the extra work. Because she was doing photography GCSE. I mean, what's, what's photography GCSE? You know? So, you know, we dropped some of the GCSEs that weren't really necessary. Okay. It's more important for you to get your maths and your English and your sciences. Yeah. Um, So, and she'd already done GCSE Latin two years early and GCSE art a year early. Okay. So she wouldn't have had two GCSEs. Um, So, yeah. So basically my whole thing was is we spend a day out um sightseeing and then the next day we spend in an apartment doing home learning Mm -hmm. and just chilling and I would say during the Europe bit that worked quite well so even though I'm telling you about all the things adventures of us going out we wasn't out every single day in between that we have a day home um and 
you know, I've set up home learning on the laptop with my son. So they've all got different logins and they've got their own online stuff that they click to do their um, maths and different things. Tyler was a bit different because she was just learning past papers and things like that. But Riley, yeah, it's quite easy to do. You just set up um, a login for your kid, set up all these different websites for them, you know, where they're doing maths exercises and things. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so after we went back and we would we stayed in Cairo for a bit, then I decided we'd go back to the pyramids again because they were really good and we did quad biking. Nice. So out of the yeah. So out of the camels, the horses and foot, the best way to get around um the pyramids and everything is by quad bike um i did an excursion on oh what is it called there's a there's a website called Vi- viator viator it, yeah it's something like that viator i think it's called and it basically you can book across the world you can book excursions okay and you just type in what country you're in or what place you're in and it lists out all the different excursions and things that you can do there and quad biking was one of them and i think we got our quad biking for really cheap it worked out about 60 pound nice and that was for four quad that was for three quad bikes and riley was on my quad bike so yeah 60 60 pound it was supposed to be like i think two hours or something um and yeah they just kind of we had one guy come out with us he sat on the front of the quad bike on Tyler's <laughs> and just pulled the got her to press the button or he would press the button how does someone ride on the front of a quad bike when you see these hills and stuff we were doing I sandy no idea oh my god and he was speeding them like obviously the guy is really good on a quad bike so outside of just outside by the sphinx around the back streets there there were loads of quad bike places with 10 quad bikes just sitting there not being used so basically i booked it online Mm -hmm. through a third party international booking thingy which is called viator and you get points and stuff if you book with them so that for your next excursion then i always use money off coupons as well (laughs) i troll google I just, you know, when you get to that paper. Good, because I was going to ask you about cost, but we're going to come to that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so when you're booking it online, you'll get to like the page where it says payment, mm-hmm. and then it has discount code. And you're like, oh, I have a, don't have a discount code. Let me go on Google and find one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get like 20% off, and you're like, yeah, just because you bothered to do an extra search. Um, so book that. But then, we, so we went out on the quad bikes, and that was probably one of my best experiences. And these guys could do wheelies on their quad bikes. Wow. Um, I'm quite good at quad biking anyway, but it was great. My kids, because I generally, the kind of mum I am is I show my kids, look, mummy does it and she's not afraid and then they're there. Mm-hmm. And then that gets my kids to see, yeah, they can do it. Do you see what I mean? So they get their confidence from me because you can't go out there with a flimsy, flaky child that's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, we had so our little true. our little scarves over our mouths so that we could go real fast with the dust. Um, and some of the some of the hills we were doing, I was just watching this guy riding with Tyler because I mean, obviously these bikes can flip. Um, and he, yeah, he, he was amazing. The guy that took us out was an amazing pod biker. So we, yeah, absolutely fantastic. 
um, I would get, I would recommend quad biking to everybody who goes to the pyramids. Because you can go slow as well. Because when we went, we, you still have to, you get on your quad bike outside the wall of Egypt stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, where the pyramids are. You then ride it along the streets <laughs> to get it in. Oh, so you're quad biking next to cars. That's so cool. Yeah. And then when we got there, there was like a group of like 10 people all on quad bikes waiting to go in. Um, and then obviously they have to, you then, sometimes you have to show your passport to get in, um, you know, to actually get into the complex. So, yeah, so you get to the entry bit because it, it, there we are actually guards at all the entrances. Um, and then, yeah, we went in, we could just do whatever we wanted. So I think I got to see the pyramids again, the Sphinx, you know, just do everything again, but just quad bike it. And that's the best. Nice. Oh, that's so fantastic. finishing off. Finish. I finish off Egypt. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And after that, that's when I then left the stuff at the apartment. Uh, but I left it with the front desk, so we weren't paying for the room. We go bust down to Luxor, mm-hmm. and I then did. I can't remember all the temple names off the top of my head. There's a Luxor temple. Definitely, you can then go Valley of the Kings. You just got to be careful of the hustling people. Yeah. They will hustle you as soon as you get off the bus. Um, you can do a boat over to the Valley of the King's side or you do the roadway round. How did you do it? Ah, that's it. There was a, there's, they offer you to take you across on boats. You've got a lot of freelancers who want to just, you know, but they will always then ask you to pay more, more, more. Um, I did it. There's a ferry that you can get you know, like her, the local ferry. Mm-hmm. So we went and did the local ferry. Um, but great for shopping. They've got loads of um, markets where you can get like um, papaya's paper. Oh, nice. All just drawings and things. I always have to watch my, how much I buy because of the weight in the suitcases. Yes. Um, that's the only thing that stops me shopping like crazy. <laughs> I was like, I would come back from Egypt with statues, everything. <laughs> I was like, I was supposed to do it where I was to buy something and then ship it home okay. as I go. That was the plan. Um, but it never happened. But yeah, Valley of the Kings, you go to that. When we went, we were told that you couldn't take photographs in the tombs. And to be honest, I was quite respectful of that. Because uh-huh. I wasn't going to go Valley of the Kings. That was the thing. Why? But I don't know. I was just very much, I work on whether I feel the right vibe. Because I, I do believe some places you shouldn't go you know there's some places that you're not supposed to go in the world um and I wasn't sure with it being tombs if I'm supposed to go there okay um, so but we went there's a I can't remember the near the valley of the kings there's that big um it's a big temple that's cut into like the rocks it's really I can't remember the name of it now but we went and saw that first and that was great because I was reading some of the Egyptian and some of the signs looked like my name. So I kind of liked that. It looked like it said Tam. Nice. Which I also saw in Luxor Temple as well. And then, you know, we did quite, with my daughter, we did quite a lot of looking into Egyptian, you know, stuff to see, you know, so that you can go and have your, feel your own vibe when you go to these places. Because there's definitely a spiritual connect there when you go there but I think for everybody else it's different you know everyone's got their own 
thing that they get out of these things. So then we went to uh, Valley of the Kings. Um, you're not allowed to take photos. I, I did not take the kids into the tombs. That's the one thing that I didn't do. So the kids waited outside um, and they were quite happy to do that because they were just like climbing, you know, the dusty, okay. <laughs> the dusty mountains. It's a bit like a construction site. So the kids are quite happy to hang around outside throwing stones and doing whatever. I mean, you're only going in the tomb for like 10 minutes or so for each of them. And that's like a tour, organised tour for 10 minutes? Yeah. So, well, you go in. No, they're not really. No, you could do an organised tour, but I, I just did it. You buy the ticket and you catch your Uber up there. You know, you come off the boat, the ferry. There's loads of taxi drivers waiting there. And you just um go up. And do it yourself is what I would say. Okay. I wouldn't do it as part of an excursion because then I've got to go at their pace. Mm-hmm. So I went in Tutankhamun's tomb. Wow. You pay for a certain amount of tombs, but basically you can pay the people at the tomb door what some money and they'll let you in whatever tombs you want to go in. So I went in some of the main ones. I went in uh, Ramesses. That's one of the main tombs. Wow. Now, when I went into Ramesses, which is gorgeous, the, the artwork in there is um, amazing. I we weren't allowed to take photos, yeah. Okay. But then the guy, this guy came up to me, one of the guys who works them, and he goes to me, um, I'll, you know, if you, you know, I'll sort you out, I'll sort you out, you know. And he's going because he kept saying we're family, like you know, holding his skin next to my skin and going, we're family, we're family. I'll sort because you out. people thought you were Egyptian, right? Because of how you blend yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they can't tell my mix. Uh-huh. Which one I got. So he was just. And he was just like, no, so when when these lot go, because there's only like five, ten people in the tombs at any one time. It's not busy. Mm-hmm. He said, when they go, you can take pictures and stuff. I was like, really? I was like, he's like, yeah, yeah. So he was like, give me your phone. He's taking pictures of us. And we were just like, all right. Um, and then, because one of my friends was with us. So, you know, we were just like, yeah, we'll get your phones out and take some pictures. But I didn't want to do it in a disrespectful way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a... You know, there's a whole ancestry connection, I suppose. And there's also, um, you know, there's a whole doppy side of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a bad side to death as well that I think you have to be very careful. Doppy meaning you know, ghosts and spirits yeah. of a different kind of nature. Because everybody isn't us. I've just got to explain oh. that. <laughs> yeah, so there's, a, there's a side of it that I'm very careful of that I don't be disrespectful to. Yeah. So in the Ramesses one, he took us around the back, like over the barrier he said come come took us right up to Ramesses coffin wow yeah which is cracked you know his outer casing thing Mm -hmm. and he was telling me lie down in it I was like I'm not Mm -hmm. not lying down in Ramesses thing in his tomb like Mm -hmm. like some things I was just putting my hands together like praying yes 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 (laughs) yes please don't let those doppies fucking cuff me over this and I've been really respectful about it. Um, now, when I look back at the photos, I can see um, there was, I was doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Hold on, my son is here. No. Right, you have to bring it back to me. We've only got one charger in my house at the moment because my children have gotten broken, the other one. Oh, okay. So, um, but yeah, so, but yeah, he like, was like, taking me and telling me to lie down in the coffins. The funniest thing was, when we went around the back, I saw cleaning equipment, right? You know, like where the cleaners around the back of the whole bit? Mm-hmm. They 
put all of their stuff. And I was just like, the place is dusty. Who cleans? Like, you know, there was like, there was some funny moments in it all because we were just like, you know, when you're in shock that someone's allowing you to basically go around all the back of the tomb. I'm, I'm shocked listening to you. My mouth is just open. It's like, and there's like gaps off to the side, like tunnels off to the side and stuff. Like if you paid them, they would just take you right wherever you want to go. Because a lot of that stuff's still not been dug out. And you mm-hmm. know, I was just like happy to see, be able to take the photos for one. Um, and, you know, go actually go right up to certain things and be able to actually put my hand on it and touch it. But other than that, I'm not... The fact he was telling me to get in the coffins and stuff, I was just like, hell no. You're mad. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Um, um, that's actually creeped me right out. <laughs> but, um, I'm creeped you know out. I didn't post the pictures of that until after I'd left Egypt. Because uh-huh. basically, you're not allowed to take pictures in Cairo Museum of Tutankhamun's mask and stuff. Okay. And one of my friends was taking pictures or my daughter or someone took pictures. And I think when I posted that, my sisters online had said, Tammy, you're going to get deported or arrested. <laughs> you know what I mean? And laughing and joking. And I was like, yeah, actually. You know like, what? Could be. They, I think Egypt, you're not allowed to have Vicks. Really? So, yeah. Isn't the vapor rub? Yeah. Egypt's one of those places you don't mess about with it. Like uh-huh. they've got funny laws. They're really relaxed on everything, but when it comes to they've got a set of the laws that they do have, if you mess about with them, you're in prison. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I didn't post the pictures of that until after we left because I didn't want to get anyone in trouble. Um, but, yeah, all the people there is hustling, everybody in Egypt. So if you know that and you know how to deal with hustlers, we'll have a fantastic time Um what I want you to do is just tell me all the other places you went to, and I'm going to ask you just, I'm just going to pick and choose what kind of questions I ask you. Okay. Just list everywhere else you went to afterwards. Yeah, so, I kind of have, I think Egypt was probably my biggest one in terms of, you know, that whole, you know, other places we went to, we went to longer, and obviously it, yeah, I wouldn't say it was as intense as Egypt. There's a lot to do in Egypt. So after Egypt, we flew... I was on a bit of a time schedule then, so that's when time becomes a factor. For Christmas, we needed to be somewhere hot. That was one of my must requirements. There's no point travelling around the world and getting somewhere cold for Christmas. You could be at your house. I, that's cold. Yeah. And Egypt still wasn't... Egypt was hot, I must admit, um, but I was like, I don't really want to spend Christmas in Egypt. So we flew to... We got a flight that went and had a stopover in Jordan. Nice. And and then we flew to Thailand. From Jordan, you went to Thailand? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the flight I booked, I booked one that had a, I think, a, something like 36 hour or something stopover in Jordan. Just so that, and that was pretty close to Christmas. I said to kids, like, you know, we can't go to Jerusalem, but you're near. <laughs> <laughs> you're close. You're near to where Jesus was born. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that was probably, yeah, we were probably there a couple of days before Christmas. Then we actually arrived Christmas Eve in Thailand. Um, so we spent, I think we probably spent a week or two weeks in Thailand. Um, then we went Bali. So my Australian friends, they came to Bali to meet us because I've got some friends that live in Perth. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go to Perth to see them because Perth's a bit boring. Um, 
so it was good they came to Bali to meet us nice then we flew to Australia Cairns so Cairns is uh where is is a great place to go for the Great Barrier Reef oh yes so uh Australia we flew in at Cairns and my original thing was to do Australia down to Sydney then fly to Japan oh yeah Japan made it really difficult because by flying away from Thailand to Bali, do you see what I mean? It was hard to fit Japan in because Japan's near Thailand. Yeah. Japan's a great place to jump over to America, but I'm not ready to jump to America until I do Australia. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a bit, um, and that's why Japan, I kind of took that off and said, we'll do Japan afterwards in the end. So we did Australia. um, So did Great Barrier Reef, which was fantastic some great stories <laughs> so basically some guy told me Kansas is the most dangerous place in the world and I was like Why? really well we were standing next to the water looking out saying do you think there's crocodiles in it <laughs> this was in the evening yeah and um he said they were fishing yeah and he said you're in the most dangerous place in the world he goes it's got the most dangerous spiders the most dangerous smoke um snakes it's got crocodiles and it's got um, the most dangerous jellyfish. And funny enough, jellyfish is the most dangerous thing that kills most people. Um, and we were just like, oh, God, you know, didn't even realise, you know, like we're coming just to tourist it at the Great Barrier Reef. Uh-huh. So, so we then, um, so I remember being in the car in the evening and I was really, I was too tired to drive. This is after we did all a lot of the scuba diving, so... And we were in the car and I was like, I'm not ready to drive yet. So let's have a nap. Yeah. So we got blankets and everything. So we just put our blankets on. We're just napping in the car. So I just need a few hours before I drive. And I left the window cracked, isn't it? And I know. Looking back on it, because what actually happened was a lizard got in our car. Uh-huh. So we just woke up and right at the front of the dashboard, there was a lizard. Yeah. And we were like, shit. Oh, my God. How are we going to get it out? Like it was only like a gecko, so we were all right. But looking back, I was really stupid. Because what it was, it was raining really heavy, and that was it. I didn't want to do the drive while it was raining. Yep. So we just said, let's just get a few hours kip. Um, and we were all tired. I think we'd been scuba diving that day. But there was no point booking. Our hotel was booked in the next town. So I was just like, let's just chill. Um, and this lizard got in our car. And obviously, I don't know how to get a lizard out of the car. But looking back, yeah, I was really stupid. While it's raining to leave my window open, I could have got a really poisonous spider in the bloody yes. car. Even a snake could have squeezed itself in. Yeah. When they're trying to get out of the rain, they're going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. right? So we did, I did actually think afterwards, oh my God, how stupid. But I thought, you know what? The lizard would eat the spider. <laughs> <laughs> I know an old lady that swallowed a fly, that story. <laughs> I was like, we're lucky God's looking after us. Yes. He sent the lizard to warn us. Yes. Don't, don't leave the window open. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, so you was at the Great Barrier Reef, had that experience. So from Australia, where did you go after that? So, oh no, so Australia, we did the Great Barrier Reef, which actually, right, I'll just explain. Mm-hmm. The boats are huge. So I do a lot of diving with small boats. These boats take about 100 to 150 people. They're big cruise boats. Um, you book them. Again, using Viator, you know, those excursion companies. Yep. You get really good price by booking through them than if you went direct. 
um, because I went direct to a couple of the scuba places and the prices were like higher. So I did it through that. With that, you book the children as well. Find one that books children. Now, what the great thing is, is I can dive for 20 minutes um, and the kids have all got life jackets on because they're big. Australia is very professional when it comes to diving. Um, I knew that the kids were safe, if that made sense. Mm -hmm. So they've got jack, they've got life jackets on. There's 100 people in the water. Chances are a shark ain't going to eat me. Yeah? He's going to eat one of the 100. <laughs> <laughs> this sharks. I used to say, I'm never diving in shark water where there's like bull sharks and that without a knife. Uh -huh. yeah? But when I saw these cruise ships and spoke to the divers and stuff and saw how professional they were, I, I kind of got the confidence that these they do this all the time. They go out every day. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you can, if you go to Australia, book your dive trip with these big excursions. We went on a boat called Evolution. There's, when you go there in the morning, there's like, 15 or 20 boats all going out with 100, 200 people on them, you know. So you get your confidence. Went out. I I snorkeled with my kids around the reef. Wow. Sharks, sharks aren't going to be on the reef generally because even we, you're snorkeling and your feet will be touching the reef and stuff mm -hmm. when it's shallow. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I look back at some of the photos and think the kids were good, you know, 10 metres, 20 metres away from me. They were safe because they had life jackets on, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they do know how to swim. Good. But if good. one of them had got attacked by a shark, <laughs> I just gave it to God, I swear. That's what I generally do. Good. Do you know what I mean? And uh, we were safe. But it meant that the kids and the lifeguards could then look after my, they were quite happy to look after my kids and take them out with, a, you know, a ring and pull them across the reef for us. Okay. So if you can't swim, they... They put all the stuff on you and then a lifeguard literally swims you out to the reef and you just put your snorkel down and just see it all. Um, it was kind of nice because I could be down there with my scuba diving kit on and see my kids all being dragged across the reef by a lifeguard. Nice. Yeah. So it's, uh, you, you basically book your scuba dive along with it. So you've got, there's more snorkelers than there are divers and you do a 20 minute and then you can, the more dives you book, the cheaper it gets. So I think I did about, three dives on the first boat we had a day in between and then on the other boat I did I did some other dive I, did, I don't know three or four dives but yeah so it's great for scuba divers that's all I would say mm -hmm. anyone scuba dives go enjoy then we drove down to Brisbane um oh best place I went to in America is uh Whitsun Bays so you go you catch a boat out to Whitehaven Beach where the sand is 98 percent quartz so it's white where was that that's Whitsundays so it's not far from it's between en route from Cairns to Brisbane okay I saw photos of it about a year ago and I was like wow I want to go there and I put it on my google map mm -hmm. and that's why it's really good on your if you just form a google map and anytime you see somewhere you'd like to go just drop the little pins on it okay and then when you actually go there, it's easy for you to just be like, oh, we're not, we're only like, you know, two hours drive from Whitsundays. Let's go Whitsundays, you know? So, but the, it's a conservation, it's a conservation area. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's one of the most beautiful beaches I've been to. The water is the most transparent I've ever seen. Wow. Um, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Anyone who goes to Australia, like Eastern Australia, has to do Whitsundays. Drove down to Sydney. By the time we got to Sydney, we were so like 
Australia out. <laughs> that we actually went to the opera house and we were just like, oh, look, <laughs> few photos, few selfies. Sydney's all right, but yeah, you know what I mean? I, I would say there's other places in Australia that's nicer. Uh, we was going to go to Bondi Beach, but I was a bit wary of the sharks. Okay. So Australia has, um, they have nets out at the sea, at swimming areas. So as we were tra- driving down the coast, we could stop off and you could stop off at these beach locations and they would always have big nets out that you can swim in, netted areas. Oh. It's not really for the sharks. It does stop the sharks. and cro- You don't really get to crocodiles in the seawater as such they're more in the estuaries mm-hmm. but it's more for the jellyfish okay yeah yeah otherwise you just wouldn't swim east coast australia <laughs> you know, that's how prevalent jellyfish are yeah it's the, it's the it's the jellyfish that are the worst um and then obviously i've got a phobia about sharks so because that from bonsai beach downwards you're going to get great whites oh. so and i yeah i just have a thing about um I used to have dreams when I was a kid that Great Whites was going to kill me. So. <laughs> I used to dream up all different ways that I could fight a Great White shark. <laughs> it ever happened. So I don't like to ever put myself in a position where it could... Um, have you ever encountered a shark? Only uh, reef sharks and nurse sharks. Nurse sharks, you can touch them. And reef sharks... I've seen a reef shark while I'm diving before. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. It wasn't. It wasn't that big. Oh, in Maldives, they have baby sharks in the water. They swim around you, so they're only like what twelve centimeters or so. Um, they when they get born, they stay within the reef. Okay. In the Maldives, okay. and you can swim. And generally, the big sharks won't come past the reefs because uh, it's obviously too dangerous. You can get traps and stuff, so they stay outside the reef. But the baby sharks were all there. We used to be swimming in the water and watch the baby sharks darting. I don't mind baby sharks. I've got a thing about great white sharks. That's Specifically. It. So, yeah, from Bonsai Beach downwards in South Australia, mm-hmm. that's where all the great whites are. So I didn't go there. So, yeah, fly- so after Australia, we- I then was trying to work out the cheapest route across to... Um, America. So I think that's when I was talking to you and you were saying about you're going to um, Brazil, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And I wanted to go Rio Carnival and I looked at the price and I was like, right, there's 700 quid for me. That's all right. Times that by my kids. <laughs> I haven't got no two grand. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was like, I'm... this is a bit when it, sometimes it hurt having my kids with me because obviously it wasn't like a I think as a solo traveller, you can just say, yeah. Yeah, you can just say, yeah, or nay, or yeah, or nay. you just at your whim. One flight ticket, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's a case of you can just take that, you know. And maybe because it's the last seat on the plane, you're going to get a really good price as well. Of course. Because sometimes on flight scanner, if you look up um, a flight, look at, I always look it up for one person first. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see if sometimes if it's the last one or two seats because then when you change it up to three or four people you suddenly get a different price do you see what I mean that's more than four times what a single person is yeah but yeah so then that's when I decided that I was going to go I was trying to work out the cheapest way across whether we jump to New Zealand but I had to go to San Francisco because I was meeting people so we went 
Hawaii. Nice. <laughs> Hawaii with Jetstar, because I'm a Jetstar member, um, works out the cheapest. And also I could pay for it in two steps. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. I wasn't just paying for one flight. I was paying uh, Sydney to Hawaii and then Hawaii to San Hawaii to San Francisco. And the, the flights from Hawaii to San Francisco being an American route, you've got a lot more choice. Mm-hmm. Get a better cost. So breaking the best way to get across is always fly to uh, Hawaii and then you've got more options to do your last jump. Okay. Whether you're in LA or San Francisco or whatever. So yeah, we did Hawaii. Everyone was excited about me going to Hawaii except me. <laughs> okay. And why was that then, Tam? Cost. Bloody <laughs> 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 expensive. It's really expensive. Um, Is it like, worth the expense? After you've been to Thailand and Bali, where it's really cheap, um, a hundred £100 for a hotel a night. I don't care how nice that hotel thinks it is. <laughs> it's like, nah, I didn't really want to pay it. Um, I had a few issues with one of my tenants paying their rent late, which meant uh, I had to stay there a little bit longer while I waited for their renting. Um, that's probably what pissed me off more. Um, I had to actually borrow some money off of someone at that point when I was in Hawaii. Okay. Which annoyed me. Because basically I rent my, um, I rent properties. So, if my tenants pay late, then uh, it messes me up. I lose that money. Okay. Huh? I said that's a snowball effect for you when you're mm. kind of doing what you're doing. Yeah, if everyone pays their rent on time, I'm good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you've got one who's like, oh, I can't pay you for another two weeks. That's not cool. So, yeah, so while you're traveling, two weeks is a lot of money. Of course, and that's a lot of time. Party. Hawaii at £100 a night because there's certain places I can't stay with the kids mm-hmm. so I can't Airbnb and stuff like that um, Hawaii is gorgeous so we did I think we've just done so many nice beaches in Thailand and Bali and Australia that I didn't think Waikiki Beach was all that okay the sea's the sea's gorgeous aqua but it's not um, I wouldn't say it's beautiful sea do you see what I mean like it's not my kind of beautiful um, like all my friends were just like when I was in Hawaii I think that's a a lovely trip for everybody the best bit about flying to Hawaii no I need it the best the best bit about flying to Hawaii was um, you do the backwards in time okay. so you go 20 I think it's 21 hours backwards time wise so yes yeah, so when I'm in Australia I'm 10 hours or whatever ahead of everybody in England uh-huh by the time I get to San Francisco, I'm 10 hours behind. Wow. Yeah, so you do, You. I really wanted to cross, as part of a world tour, I wanted to cross that time zone. Oh, yeah. wicked. Yeah, I mean, for people that believe in flat earth and stuff, it's kind of interesting how the world does stuff. But we, we basically landed before we took off. So we went back in time. Because I didn't realise, some of my friends were going, oh, you're on a world tour, so you're going to, you're going to go backwards in time then. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, when you come across the Pacific, you're going to go backwards in time. I've and I never like, even oh, thought yeah. about that. That is amazing. It's, fan- it's fantastic. It totally messed up my, my Facebook. Like, <laughs> basically didn't know what planet I was on. <laughs> it's so funny. Because, um, 
yeah, like obviously I, I thought, yeah, let me do it and test it and I'll put a post out before I fly. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put a post out when, you when, land. I, when I land. And the post when I land should actually be behind, you know, on Facebook. Yeah, it, it was a bit funny. But um, yeah, so Hawaii, great. I did, I did kind of like go over the hill kind of in Hawaii and do the, um, see the other side of Hawaii because Hawaii's got some gangs and stuff, you know. We Hawaii's got gangs. Yeah. Okay, I'll talk about that. That's really piqued my interest because obviously when people <laughs> think Hawaii, they think honeymoon and halua yeah. and grass skirts and big drinks with flowers in and pretty beaches. Talk to yeah, me. so most places I go, so I haven't gone into the detail, but obviously when I went to um, America and Cannes, we went to a shopping mall, and oh, if you just seen the amount of rib, um, Aborigine people in the shopping mall, I mean, it was amazing. Because we're near Northern Australia, okay. so every place we go, I always make sure to take the kids to the local area, mm-hmm. you know, and then they get to see me. I was sitting explaining to the kids about the Aborigine people. And I was saying, can you, you know, can you, I mean, it's amazing to see Aborigine. We were talking to some of them anyway. And it was just like, you know, amazing. So many of them as well. Mm-hmm. And, and mixed ones and stuff. It was just like, you know, when you've only seen uh, Aborigine people on TV. Yeah. I mean, to actually see them, they're just normal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, of course they're normal. We know that. But do you understand what I mean? Like the way they're portrayed on TV like how often do you watch stuff and they just show aborigine people you know it's it's never positive yeah they always focus it on some kind of documentary about them rather than they're australian they live here and you go down the mall and they're everywhere yeah no like and it was lovely so every place we go so even when we're in hawaii we went like you know not just a touristy area um and we went we went clubbing to one place um and it's quite safe, you know, ish, I would say. Um, I think we went out. Oh, that's it. My kids like, uh, is it Walmart? Yeah. Yeah, I think my kids wanted to go Walmart because it's American. you got the whole Walmart. And they were like, oh, we want to go to Walmart. I said, all right, I'll take you Walmart. I took the kids there. And that's when we noticed there were some clubs and stuff. So we went back to clubs later. They were pulling up in proper rides, you know, when they were all like jumping. They got lights under their rides. Oh, wow. Big jeeps, you know, big navigator jeeps and stuff. Yeah, the club was proper shady. <laughs> <laughs> we fitted in great. <laughs> we didn't we blend. <laughs> so we were just like, oh, we didn't know Hawaii had this kind of, you know, nightlife. So, but it, the kids didn't see that side of it, but we got to go see. And then, um, but I think wherever you go, you should always try to go out to where the locals go absolutely absolutely and you'll see both sides of the country uh-huh then hawaii we went to san francisco oh in hawaii i got to watch the super bowl so that was fantastic um watching super bowl with americans is the greatest thing because they actually know what they're talking about <laughs> i know nothing about american football oh. so that would have just been i know a bit about it but i don't know it in terms of yards Okay. They know it in terms of rushing yards and all of this. And I'm just like, but it was nice to be someone nice to watch the Super Bowl and be surrounded by Americans that actually like like it. Whereas in England, you don't really get a lot of people like that. So um, San Francisco went to uh, Martin Luther King waterfall that I wanted to see. Okay. Funny enough, my hotel was literally just in a straight line walking distance to it. 
so we could visit that most days san francisco i've been there before and it's changed a lot you've got toe extremes of like the equivalent of like fifth avenue and you literally turn one street off of it and you're surrounded by crackheads it's, it's very very close it never used to be like that um they've really got a pro- they've really got a homelessness problem there mm-hmm. and where we stayed there it was you know you could walk out your door and literally round the corner and you would be surrounded by crackheads. Wow. So I was cool. I could handle it. Most of the time I can handle all that. What I can't handle is if I've got dogs and stuff like that because I don't really trust dogs. But yeah, it was it was interesting to see. San Francisco has changed a lot. Even my friends in San Francisco were just like, yeah, it's gone downhill. They need to sort it out. So... People, this is the end of part one. I told you me and Tammy chatted for ages. So it's a two-parter. The second part um, will follow up next week. We'll be talking about the rest of her travels and the other places that she went to. And I'll even have a little bit of a snippet from her kids too. So tune in for the next episode of Kids Go Too. I'm in conversation still with my mate Tammy Lynn Saunders. And you can find her on Instagram at that handle, Tammy Lynn Saunders. Check out part two coming next week. As always, be sure to subscribe, share, comment, follow me on the Hot Foot Roams podcast on Instagram at the Hot Foot Roams. No, it's at Hot Foot Roams, actually, no, the. Uh, and on Twitter as well, at Hot Foot Roams. And you can... Send an email if you'd like to, to hotfootroams at gmail.com. And you can send a voice note via the anchor.fm app if you have it. Comment, make a suggestion, give some feedback, tell me about myself, whatever. Do so on all of those mediums and you can find the anchor. You can find, sorry, you can find the Hot Foot Roams podcast on all platforms. Where hot foot sugar. <laughs> you can find the Hot Foot Rums podcast on all platforms where podcasts are available. So that is Spotify. You can find me there. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, tune in, and a whole load of other places that where you get podcasts from, then I'm gonna be there just like. Like I said earlier, I'm there. You just search hot foot rooms, boom, ta-da, find me. So, yeah, hit me up or follow me and also on the Anchor.fm app. All right. You know it's the end when you hear this quote. Those who roam are not always lost. Keep roaming, people. Take care.